Episode 221 of the Biv and James R Show. What I really need. Radio team, welcome along to episode 221 of the Bev and James R Show, your fortnightly podcast on the behaviours that create a lifetime love of fitness so you can get all the benefits that come alongside it. got to say, today's show is going to be a bit random. And I'm going to be honest, I'm starting here and I'm not seeing the terrain in front of me and I'm thinking this could be absolute genius or it could be <laughs> absolute crap. And why is that? Well... I had an interview lined up and literally like they pulled out like 15 minutes ago and, and for reasons that are fair but um, I hadn't done any prep for the show and it's kind of like getting to the time where I need to get the show out so I kind of didn't have much time to actually spend thinking about what I wanted to talk about and then I kind of just gave myself 10-15 minutes just to kind of sit down and do some thinking and some planning and kind of some concepts in my head around the show. Now normally when I do a show what I do is uh, for the Bevan shows, you know, if you listen to the show for a while, you know that I kind of, I try to do a guest and then a Bevan show. So Bevan show is just where I go deep into a subject. And normally with a Bevan show, what I'll do is I'll kind of know what I'm going to talk about about a week beforehand. And then I just let it sit in the back of my head and I think about it. And then, you know, by the time I sit down to actually record the episode, uh, you know, I'll do a bit of prep for so I'll write down some key points and all the rest of it. But, you know, it's kind of how it works. I remember I used to write for the paper and when I wrote for the paper, I wrote for the paper about three or four years. And, and each week you had to produce, I think I was writing about 800 words. So each week you had to produce 800 words. And it was really fascinating because people would say, do you ever struggle to find ideas? And the funny thing about being a creator is, is that because I knew that I had to, you know, write 800 words and a new concept each week, it was almost like my head had this beacon for, oh, that's an idea I can write about. And I'd often be having conversations with somebody or having life experiences. And as I was having these experiences, I'd go, oh, I can write about this. And so in the back of my mind, I was almost starting to process what I was going to write about. So by the time I actually sat down, I used to write my piece every Thursday afternoon. And by the time Thursday afternoon came around, by the time I sat down with my laptop and my couch, to write the piece, the piece was kind of already written and, and the writing was just kind of nutting out the last piece of it. So I never wrote down, sat down and just went, what am I going to write about today? And that's kind of what I do with this podcast is that in the Bevan episodes, I kind of know the thing I'm going to talk about and I'm kind of processing as I'm working through my week and then as I sit down to record the show, I'll do a little bit of writing down some notes, but it's kind of done. Well, today's not that. Today is, I literally gave myself five minutes beforehand to write down some ideas and I'm going to go into a subject today which yeah actually I'm not going to reveal much right now I'm not going to reveal much right now um one thing I will talk about right now is the importance of being there for the people in your life and this isn't the main just of the show I'll get into the main just of the show soon but I just I've got a couple friends and, and family members right now who are going through um some tough stuff uh, tough stuff in ways which you know it, it's it's sickness of people who they really care about. So let's just say let's just say I've got a friend whose parent is you know not in a good place or something like that. I don't want to reveal too much because it's their lives. So I don't want to reveal much about my friends' lives. But um, and I, I just think it's really important to think about who are you in somebody else's life in that moment. And I just want to give some tips or well, not tips, just how I am approaching this time because at times like these. The, the people that are important in our life need us more than ever. 
And if we can be the right kind of person in this moment, it's we can just be really, really, really important for these people. And and I, and I just want to share because I'm not saying what I'm doing is right. I just want to share my approach, and you can kind of take from it what you want. So I think the first thing to remember when you have someone who's going through hard times, like loss of family members or you know that kind of grieving process, I think the first thing to say is your your job. Well, at least what I'm thinking is my job is to be somebody who can be just someone for the, to let them express. And in doing that, I think one thing that's really important is I'm, I'm never trying to provide solutions. And, and I'm not even really trying to provide um, what I see the future can look like. Because, I uh, you know, like I think ultimately what we want to do in a time of caring for others is we want to give people hope. Uh, but sometimes in situations where sickness and, and stuff is around, you know, maybe there is no hope, you know, maybe you have someone who is going to be passing away. And so it's not that providing hope is a bad thing. I just think in my situation, my job, that's not my job. My job is to try to be the person who allows that person to express their emotions. And I kind of think, what are the barriers that stop someone from expressing emotions? And and I think, first of all, is to, to try to say the future is going to be something. I remember a while ago, actually, I had a client who was going through a bit of a cancer scare. And it was a bit of a funny situation because they actually didn't have cancer and they hadn't actually been diagnosed with cancer. They were just a bit sick, but this person had a bit of a thing where they were a bit afraid of, of the medical system. And, and they were a bit afraid of the medical system because they had a parent who died when they were very young. I think their the parent died when they were like early teenagers. And that whole experience was quite a horrible experience and it scarred this person. So you could understand while like hospitals and doctors were something that this person wasn't very, you know, very comfortable with and so you know this person had some symptoms and they did that contextualizing thing and they thought that they they were in a place where maybe they had a cancer now the problem was this person because they were uncomfortable with the kind of medical system they weren't actually going to a doctor to get things diagnosed and so my job was just to support them towards getting the right support around them you know as we're having this conversation I just thought my job was just all I need to do is to help this person overcome the barriers that at least get them to the point of diagnosis. Now, they could have had cancer and they could not have. And in that conversation, my job, I, 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 I didn't say you're not having got cancer. Like I didn't, I didn't predict the future for this person. I just supported them towards getting to the doctor. Now, luckily for this person, the symptoms they had weren't cancer. I can't remember what it was, but it, was, it wasn't that bad. And they went to the doctor, and through getting through that moment you know, they got on track and they got on top of this thing and it it wasn't as bad as what inside their head they thought it could be. But I remember the next session, they said to me, they said they really appreciated the fact that I didn't tell them that they were going to be okay. They appreciated the fact that I was really upfront about, you know, this potentially could be bad. I didn't, I didn't disregard the potential of what they were going through. And I just, they appreciated that I just showed that the better path was just to make sure that they understood where they really were. And I think it's really important in times when you're trying to help people in a grieving process. And and I think the thing is we all naturally want to make people feel better at that time. And so what we try to do is we try to provide a, you know, the glass half full picture in front of them. And, and I get why we do this. And, um, and it's an, it comes from a place of caring and love. But unfortunately, sometimes in these situations, 
the glass isn't going to be half full and, and the outcome will be bad. And so I just think in this situation, and again, I'm just showing my philosophy here. You might, you know, I'm not saying that's wrong to do that. I just think in this situation, for me, for the people who need my support right now, my job is more to, to just keep help them keep perspective in a place that's good for them. So what I'm trying to do is just use questions that help them keep on their right place. But more importantly, I actually think my main job is just to be a healthy place for them to express. And so, um, and some of the people I'm trying to support right now, what I'm doing is I'm just listening. You know, and uh, some person, one person who's really close to me, that, you know, like I kind of get the feeling that, you know, they're trying to be strong for everyone around them. And so at the moment, I'm one of the people who, when they come and communicate with me, I just I just shut up and let them express, and I and I even as they're expressing, I'm not trying to say yeah it's going to be a ride or you know fingers crossed this happens. I just let them go, and and I might do some reflective communication back to them. Um, and why am I doing this? I, I think ultimately because in the times like these, sometimes the news isn't good, and and sometimes we you know like we we can't really give them what they want, but. Self-expression is such an important part of any kind of struggle period. And to give someone a safe place to be able to express is a really important thing. And and, and express the hard emotions that they're going through. Because often in times like these, you know, like when let's think of like a loss of a loved one, everyone's trying to be brave for everyone else. And I get it that there is a level that we need to do this for. You know, like it might be that you're trying to protect your kids or protect other family members or protect the person who's going through the sickness. You know, so there's there's reasons we do this because we, we're trying to be strong for everyone. But under the surface, pretty much everyone in that loop is probably really struggling. And, you know, that strength that we're trying to provide for each other is an important thing. But we also need some outlets to express the tough stuff, tough stuff we're going through, and unfortunately for a lot of people who suppress too much, it, like it's got to come out eventually. And so, if I can be somebody who sits beside those people and allows them to express in a way freely where they feel safe, and I think that's the problem with trying to provide solutions or trying to, you know, always pro- paint the rosy picture, is it can distract from that person expressing. So let's say, let's say I don't know someone says something and I say, oh, here's what you need to do. That's actually taking them away from just the opportunity for them to express. And so I just think for me right now, my role is to be a safe place where they can express. And the best way for me to do that is to not provide solutions, to, to not paint the punny, you know, the the sunny picture the whole way. You know, I might throw some questions that help keep, you know, keep them in the now. Yeah, because I think we can obviously catastrophize at times like these but using some questions just to kind of you know not help them think 10 steps ahead like at least try to stay within the now based on what we know but ultimately the best thing I believe I can do is is just be that person who can be there and and let them express and put no pressure on make them feel safe and just and just give some love now that's all, that's all I can provide around this, and I'm and again I'm, I said this earlier. I'm no expert in this area, and I'm I may not be getting it right, um, but I do know that the people I'm trying to support are expressing to me a lot, and 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 what I'm often I'm finding is that they tend to express the same stuff again each time, and it's because they still haven't figured out the things they're trying to process. But it's, I'm really happy that I can be that person who allows them to express these things in their life. 
it arguably some of the toughest times in these people's lives. And, you know, I think one thing that's really important when when you're the loved ones in your life, your friends and family of times in need, we can all provide. And 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 what's really cool is watching how other people are providing. Because sometimes the providing is just the practical things, you know, cooking the meal for the person, you know, um, looking after the kids for the people, you know, let them. If you're a boss at work, let them have a bit of downtime where they can have some time where they can escape if they're feeling emotional. You know, that support in a practical way is a really important part of helping somebody through a tough time, and. I hope in your life, when you experience tough times, you have the love around you to support you in really powerful ways. And and some of those powerful ways are those practical things. And it's really beautiful to see the, the people in my world support the people who need support right now kind of step up and support, provide that support. And then on the other side of that is, if you are that closer person to somebody, is to trying to be that safe place for them to express and let go. You know, where they, where they can, you know, maybe just cry on your shoulder for 10 minutes and, you know, just give them a rub. You know, like it's, that's a really healthy thing to provide at times like these. Now, there's many other things that we can provide in times of people's struggle, but being there for somebody is a really important thing. And, and if, you know, I hope I'm doing a good job. I really do. And, and um, you know, and probably another thing I'm doing right now is I'm deprioritizing some things that are important to me to allow myself more time for these people now on top of that what's really important here is that I am also looking after myself so I think one thing that's really important in these types of times is you still need to look after yourself because if you're not looking after yourself you can't be great at helping look after the people who need your support and I am probably doing a little bit less of my own things to be better to be more there for that people who need me right now but I am also looking after myself and so it's just one thing to think about and yeah, I, I could talk about this subject for a long time, so I'll leave it at that. But I just think it's a really important subject. We all have people in our lives, and, and we have relationships that are really important to us. And in the deepest, darkest times, and the people in our lives that are important to us, we want to be like we want to be the person who's there for them. And it's really important for a few reasons. A, it creates a deeper connection. If you're there, I remember years ago, I had a friend of mine, a really good friend of mine, his brother committed suicide, and he said it was it was a really interesting moment because he really understood who his true friends were at that moment, and um, and it really created deeper bonds with his true friends. And then and the ones who actually were a bit more surface, he realised that after the fact maybe they weren't that important to him. And in times of need, the true friends know how to step up. And the true friends, what's really great about being the true friend is you actually get an opportunity to create a deeper bond with that person. Because if, if they learn, in my in my time of need at the most, this person is there for me, what does that build? Well, that builds a trust. And it builds a trust that I, I have support. You know, I think, I think one of the things we all need in life is unconditional love. You know, I think that's something we all deeply crave is that I will be loved. I will be loved. And, and, and when you, we look at people who tend to be um, happy in themselves, secure in themselves, is they have a foundation of feeling loved by their world. I remember years ago, a friend of mine said to me, and I'm sure I've said this in the podcast many times in the past, but a friend of mine said to me, if you want to want to have a great relationship, choose somebody who had an amazing upbringing with lots of love around them. And now this may not always be 100% true, 
but his his kind of philosophy was that someone who has a foundation of love is has that unconditional feeling of love tends to be more secure in themselves and so they can have a better relationship moving forward now i guarantee there's examples that disprove this but you know i i do fundamentally believe that if we have this sense of unconditional love around us we we move forward in the world in a much grounded way it's probably the best way of putting it and at times like these when those people in your world need you the most if you can do be that person you actually provide unconditional love for them and it builds a trust in them that, that they will be okay in their toughest moments but also then you'll have a deeper bond with that person and i guarantee when your time of need they'll be there for you you know and, and an important part of that is also letting your people be there for you you know, we all try to be so brave in these tough moments, but actually we do need that person we allow ourselves to express to. And it's just an important thing to think of. So, um, again, today's show is going to be random. <laughs> and I started with some random thoughts here. So, overall, when your world needs you, what version of them do you need? And how can you be someone who safely allows them to self-express? How do you look after yourself along this? And how do you practically help them as well it's just some stuff to think about okay we're going to get into the main gist of the show in a few seconds but before we do i say a big thank you to the patrons of the show i'm just going to pull up my little list here of the people who are the patrons now if you want to become a patron of the show you just go to bevanjameisles.com and then each time i release an episode what i'll do is um oh i i you donate a little bit of your hard-earned money my way. So you, you become a patron, you donate a little bit of your hard-earned money my way, and you also get a cool Bevan James Old Show nickname. And these are some of the people who are patrons. We've got Esther, um, the golden one, Ching Green. We've got Sam Squiggly Wiggly Arms Green as well. She's an absolute bloody rock star, she is. She's one of our coaches in our coaching team. Sam is just a lovely, loving person. We've got Olivia Wonderguild Alice Garland. We've got Sean Dr. Sustain Barnes. We've got Samantha Magic Johnson. And we've got Sally Super Trooper um, Lamplu. These people are patrons of the show. If you want to become a patron of the show, go bevanjamesisles.com. Uh, go podcast, support me, and you'll go through the process. Anyway, let's get into the main gist of today's show. When you think about your fears, what are your fears? And, and I'm not meaning like horror, you know, like I'm scared of spiders or I'm scared of, you know, clowns or I'm, I'm kind of thinking of what drives your insecurities in your life. <laughs> what did I say earlier? This is going to be a random show and, um, and I'm starting big here and it's a really interesting question to explore. Like, when you are awake at night worried about something, and again, it's kind of lots of context we're going to throw in today's show, but, um, you know, and, and not just because you're busy, but when you have a fear that is overwhelming you in your life, that is holding you back, what is that fear? And, and I was kind of thinking about this as I was kind of designing today's show. What are my fears? What are the things that worry me now when, when i think about fears for me it tends to be a sense of loss um a loss of income so if, you know and, and i think i've talked about this in the show in the past but as a small business owner one thing 
you can be fearful of is you can have an insecurity of tomorrow because it's, it's you don't have the security of always knowing what tomorrow looks like. Um, so when I'm in my insecure place around myself, that tends to be a bit of a driver. Um, that fear of what if, you know, things go wrong in the business or something like that. So there's a fear of loss of, of like an income. Um, for me, uh, a fear of status. Uh, you know, like I'm, I'm very lucky. I'm seen in my world as a leader. I'm seen as my in my world as someone who has an impact on others. Um, I'm, I feel I'm respected. Uh, you know, like like the fear of losing respect is really important to me, or, or would worry me. Uh, kind of similar as well, probably position. A fear of losing my my position in the world, which is a funny way of putting it, isn't it? But you know, like I'm kind of recognised as a as a leading fitness professional. You know, I think deep down in my insecure moments, there's a fear of losing that. Um, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? When you think about what are those fears within us? And, and, you know, when I think about when I'm in an insecure moment, it tends to be a sense of losing things like that. Now, I'm sure there's probably more for me, but those are some examples of when I feel insecure and vulnerable, it's it's a fear of those things being taken from me. One thing that helps me at times like those, when I am in, in that fear of, is, is, is there's well, there's lots of things that help me, and, and one's healthy emotional outlets, so like your meditation, your exercise, and, and stuff like that, which I've always talked about in this podcast. Um, one thing is to understand what I have, you know, to do that, you know, like a, a you know, if I'm worried about influence, each day in my life I stand in front of people who get this amazing ability to be able to help them, you know, like I'm very lucky people pay me. To like, I'm the guy people pay to help them, you know, through my running business, through my gym, through my mentoring, you know. So there's there's evidence every day of my life to prove that the world wants me to to help it grow. The fact you're listening to this podcast is is you know. So it's a little bit keeping the eyes open to what I have in front of me. That's a really important thing, um, you know. Like financially, you know, I I, I have a home I love. Uh, I, I you know I'm pretty close to having enough now. You know, so this little bit of, <clears throat> excuse me, I've got, a lot, I've got a bit of a cough today, but um, there's a little bit of a, you know, making sure you understand what you currently have. And, and also around that is to realize that the chances of me losing that are very low. Like there's not, I don't have to, you know, like, I can't see me losing my career overnight. Uh, I can't see me losing my house overnight. I can't see me losing my friends overnight. It, it's, you know, I've got good people in my world. That's another thing I can appreciate. So, so these are basic ways that I use to <clears throat> deal with the times in my life where I'm feeling a bit vulnerable. But there's another thing I, I always remind myself of as well is that really, what is a good life for me? And when I talk about this, I'm talking about what is a good day, you know, and, and when, I, when I take it back to this level, it's really basic and there's not much chance I'm going to lose it. And what do I mean by this? Well, what is a good day for me? A good day I'm going to move, you know, I'm going to move, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to run, I'm going to jump, I'm going to bike, I'm going to, I'm going to move. I love moving, you know, and, and even as I age, the way I move may change, but I guarantee until the, until the day I can't move, I'll be moving, 
You know, I, I might not be running for the rest of my life. I may not be doing plyometric jumps and a body attack class forever. But I'll be moving, you know, and, and I can guarantee that I can do that forever. You know, and, and unless, you know, I'm literally bedbound. I guarantee you, I, I remember a friend of mine, Lisa Osborne, she had an operation on her hips and, and she's on her Instagram in the hospital. <laughs> she like doing bloody bicep curls <laughs> in the hospital bed. And, and I'll be that person. Because I like, and, and not because I'm obsessed, and, I'm, and there's not a fear thing. I just like moving. Um, I like nature. I love being in nature. I'm very lucky where I live. You know, I talk about loving my home, and and one I was thinking about this morning actually, because a couple of my friends are going through home buying and, and all this at the moment, and I was just thinking about what do you really need in a home? And and sure, we can think of the the toys and the mod flods and all the rest of it, and but to me, really, one of the most important things around a home is location. You know, and and for me, when I say that, you know, to me, if I invested anything in a house, like I would much rather live in a small, you know, tiny little place that was right in nature, than you know, a, a stunning penthouse in a concrete jungle. Um, I love nature, and, and I'm very lucky in the home that I live in. When I talked earlier about loving my home, is what I walk out my back door, and I've got ten different trails that I can go running on. I've got hills that I can jump on my bike and I'm literally up on a hill straight away. Like I, I'm, I'm immersed in nature. So I believe in nature, connection. I, I have wonderful people in my life. I'm, I'm so fortunate. And we've built these really amazing relationships where we know we're there for each other. You know, think about what I was talking about earlier. You know, we know we're there for each other. Um we, and I'm very lucky with my really core friends because we've never damaged our relationships. You know, we've, we, there's no, there's no, the, you know, the fundamental thing is we care for each other, we, we are there for each other and we want to make each other's lives better. But also, we, we have bloody good fun together. You know, we went around to our, our friend's house last night and we laugh and, you know, and and, and, it's, and I'm very, like, oh, the connections I have, I'm so lucky to have in my life because there's, you know, and our, there's, there's no talking behind the backs of my friends because there's nothing to talk about because we all like each other. You know, like it's, it's, um, you know, and I've got this. And, and, and so I remind myself I've got amazing connections. Um, the ability to express myself, you know, like um, I'm always going to be able to play music. You know, like I, 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 I can express myself every day of my life. And it's not just through music. It's through podcasting, it's through teaching fitness, it's through um, music, listening to music, it's through, you know, just that that self-expression, the ability to be an influence on others, and and consciously choosing to be a great influence on others. You know, when I think about, you know, I've I've kind of come up with about five things, what I say, I said movement, nature, connection, expression, and influence. Now, I'm sure there's more, I will guarantee there's more. When I think about those things, I, I, there's no fear of losing those. I've got no fear of losing those. I've got, I know for the rest of my life I can have those things. Now, until I'm sick and bed bound, you know, like I, I can always move. I can always have nature. I can always have connection and, and beautiful connection with really special people. I can always self-express and I can always be a really good influence on other people's lives. And so in those moments where I am feeling fearful, like the world can't take that away from me. You know, like, you know, like, 
even let's say I did lose every dollar I ever earned and you know I was you know back to square one I'd have to rebuild a practical life again but I could still get up and move that day I could still spend time in nature I could still connect with people I could still self-express and I could still be a positive influence and this is a really important thing to understand especially in those times we feel vulnerable now what's really interesting when I think you know as I said at the beginning of today's show it's, it's going to be a bit random because I what I really wanted to talk about today was the importance of being creative and when I talk about being creative, it's that idea of self-expression. It's interesting, my band, you know, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know I'm in a band. And, uh, and, and one of the motivations for me being in a band was early on in my fitness career, I knew that I wanted to, I, I liked being on stage. I like being on stage because I like self-expressing on stage, stage. And the thing I love about group fitness is when you're teaching group fitness, you give other people the ability to self-express as well. So one thing I do a lot when I teach is I'm, I'm a bit of a clown and I'm a bit silly. Um, and so, and, and I get my classes to do silly things. But in that moment, we're all kind of self-expressing. And I just think in a day, <coughs> excuse me again, I might do that a few times today, sorry. Um, in a day, we all need moments of self-expression. And as a fitness professional, you get people an opportunity to do that. Now, now self-expression is always just not being silly. Like I think of when I'm teaching a pump class or I'm, I'm coaching a really hard track session for my runners, self-expression is that kind of, that mental edge to push hard through a really tough moment. But self-expression is a, is a really important thing in life. And self-expression, what I mean, and, and probably what I want to put on top of that is healthy self-expression. Because I, I also think in today's world, there's, there's a lot of self-expression that's really negative. You know, we think of politically right now, we think of things like the anti-vaxxers and, and stuff like that. We, you know, to me, there's there's some self-expression out there where people are getting attention for expression, but it's expression that's actually just bringing bad along the world. And to me, when I, if I'm going to define what I'm talking about here in self-expression, it's, it's positive self-expression that is good for you and your world. Positive self-expression that is good for you in your world. And one of the best ways to do that... Oh, yeah, and going back to the band. Sorry, I'm, I'm kind of... Again, today's random. I told you I was going, I was going to be random. Uh, and it was interesting. So we've, we've, we've just about... Our album, you know, probably the next couple of episodes, I'm going to be telling you, go, go listen to my albums because it's coming out soon. Um, and we've been playing live. And we at the moment, I'd say we're kind of an, a good high school band level of live performers. You know, I think we've got good songs. Like seriously, every time we play, like we played on Friday night to to these guys who had never heard us before, um, and everyone was up to go, man, we love your guys' music. You know, so musically, we I think we've got good songs. I think we've got songs which are good, catchy rock songs. Um, and we're becoming better as a live performer. But we performed a couple of weeks ago, and, and we always video, because I'm just feedback, feedback, feedback. Where can I improve? Where can I improve? Like even on Friday night, I watched the film again. I was like, okay, I'm getting better at self-expression. First two songs, I'm still too much a bit of a deer in the headlights. And, and I think what I've discovered is I'm not warming up. So what I'm going to start doing, it's hard on a keyboard to warm up. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to go into a back room, have my keyboard set up before we even set up our gear, take my earphones and actually do a bit of a warm-up practice. So that as soon as I get on, because I kind of get on stage a bit nervous in the first couple of songs, I'm just making mistakes. I 
don't need to make and and I don't normally make it it's more because I'm nervous and I think the warm-ups you know but what that's doing is is because I've recording and watching the video but I I watched that video and our performance and admittedly we were playing like a Sunday night gig it was kind of a bit of no one there kind of gig but we we, at the moment we say yes to everything because we just need the, the stage time and I recorded it and you watch it and we we just look like a high school band it's not that great yet now musically our songs sound good you know we're playing well as a band we're, we're getting tighter and the songs again i think are pretty good and so i i, I pulled the i said boys we need a meeting so the boys came over to my place and we watched it and i was like we, we've got to be better than this we we you know because live music is so much about the music but it's so much about the spectacle and when you think of the greatest performing artists what they do is they express emotion that allows the crowd to express emotion i'll say that again they express emotion in a way that allows the crowd to express emotion. Like you think of any concert that you've watched where there's an absolute phenomenal performer. And, and let's be honest, Michael Jackson's a very controversial person to talk about. But if we just said as a performer, arguably one of the greatest performers of all time. And if you watch Michael Jackson perform, or if you watch his concerts, like there's not a dry eye in the crowd. You know, what he his ability to use this powerful, this powerful resource of music to let people express and take them through this emotional roller coaster ride was just like almost like second to none or of the top echelon in performers in the history of, of performance. And he's using his self-expression to help his world express their own emotions. And that's what I was saying to the boys. It's like at the moment we're a band who are playing some cool songs and we're pretty tight, but we're not letting the crowd express. And what we've got to become better as, as individuals and as a unit is to be able to express and actually create an environment where when people come along and see us and they love our music, they also get their opportunity to self-express. And to me, when I go back to that idea of self-expression, one of the most important things we need to do in life is we need to have creativity. And if I go back to defining self-expression as positive expression for yourself and positive expression for yourself that has a good influence on the world, that's what I'm talking about here. And that's what creativity has an amazing ability to do in your life. Now, the problem for most of us is, is that we tend to be majority consumers. You know, like we watch TV, we go on the internet, we... Um, Play games, you know, like a lot of our time is, and I'll be honest, I spend a lot of time consuming. I'm, I'm a big consumer myself. But when we think about being a healthy version of you, there needs to be a level of self-expression that comes through a creative outlet in your life. Now, the great thing about creativity is it comes in an unlimited form of outlets. You know, for me, it's music, it's writing, it's... Um, when I'm teaching group fit, it's uh, problem solving for my book. You know, creativity comes in many ways, shapes and form. And what's really great about, you know, for us as humans is you, how you find your creativity is um, completely different to how I'll find mine. And it'll be completely different to somebody else in your life. But the thing I want you to encourage today is that you need creative time in your life. And... In this way, there's probably two things I, I want to kind of dig deep into here. Is first of all, is what are your creative outlets? I want you to really think about that. Like, and some of you will go, 
oh, yep, I know what they are. You know, so for me, if you say, well, before you created that, it's, oh, it's definitely music, it's definitely movement, it's definitely um, writing, it's definitely this kind of stuff right now. Like right now, I feel I'm kind of being creative in the moment because, again, I'm kind of winging it today. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's those types of things. So what are your outlets for creativity? And again, there's, you know, it could be cooking, it can be, it can be problem solving. You know, there's so many outlets for creativity. And then secondly, now, oh, so that's the person who know they have it. Then there'll be people who... Are a bit lost of it and maybe had a creative outlet in the past actually interesting i was talking to a lady yesterday and this is more of a fitness thing but she was a hardcore exercise i was absolutely loving it doing really well and then um now has fallen away from it and she was a bit lost of exercise and i was like well actually the answers are actually really there because we figured out what made it work in the past and we just need to get back to that now and it's like sometimes we lose that aspect of our life we know is good for us and all we need to do is just go back to it. So you might be going, well, I don't really have a creative outlet right now. But actually, in your past, you loved painting or you loved, um, I don't know, whatever, that creative outlet. So it could be as simple as just going back. Or thirdly, you just really don't know. Well, just just try something. You know, just get out there and try some different ways to be creative. So the first thing is, is what is your creative outlet in your life? And then if we're going to be quite practical about it, how much time are you spending doing it? How much time are you spending doing the creative thing in your life? And, and again, if we're thinking that one of the be- biggest benefits of creation is um, self-expression, how much time are you doing it? And really what we're trying to think about is what percentage of your time, if we go consumption versus creation, what percentage of your time would you like to sit in either of those? Now, I'll be honest, for me, um, i probably sit probably 70-30. So I'm probably consuming seven, maybe 60, 40, 60 percent of the time I consume, and 40. No, I'm going to say 65, 35. That's where I think I sit. So I say um, when I think, oh no, 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 I'm not kind of thinking on my head right now. But I actually, I might be more 60, 50, 60, 60, 40 because I, you know, TV and internet are probably my consumption things. But I play piano pretty much an hour a day. I um, things like my book, my courses I'm creating and stuff like that, I, I see those creative outlets. So, you know, I probably sit somewhere around that. But what is that percentage number for you? And what would you be happy with? So if you look, if you kind of scan your life and you look at the evidence of how you're living your day, how many moments do you have of creativity within your day? Or if you scan it out over a week, because, you know, if you look at a week, it's often a better way of thinking about these things. Within a week, how many moments of creativity do you have within your week? And then in comparison to consumption. Now, when you look at that number, are you happy with that number? Now, I'll, I'll say I'm about 60-40. And actually, I'm pretty happy with that number. Like, I, I like consuming. Like, I'm reading a stand by Stephen King right now. And it's an epic book. I've never read like a book that's like 45 hours long. And, and I've read like I've read it for um, I've got nine hours to go, um, no eight hours to go, because uh, Kindle tells you how much longer. So I've got eight hours to go, and um, that's me being consumer. But oh my god, I'm loving it. You could argue, I suppose, when you're reading, you're being creative. But um, you know, but then today I'm doing the podcast. So I play piano today. You know, so so what's the percentages of those times that you want? And then where how are you doing? So you might say, actually, you want 70, 30. So it's that 70% of the time I'm quite happy consuming, I want 30. Now, right now, I'm 90, 10. It's been all day on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, um, TV, you know. I'm not actually really creating. And again, not 
self-expressing in a way that's negative to you or the world. So it's not going on Instagram and fighting with someone about a topic that's not important, ultimately, or, or might be important to you, but self-expression in a way that's good for you and your world. Now, if you are unhappy with the numbers, the first thing to say is, how do you actually start to plan this into your life? You know, how do you habitualize or create a routine around having creative time in your life? Like, for me, in my weekly meeting, I actually plan this creative time in. Like, I plan when I'm going to do my piano. I plan when I'm going to write my book. I plan, you know, so that's what I do. For you, how do you plan it in? But the second thing I want you to really focus on is how do you learn to win the uncomfortable moment that creativity brings into your life? Because the thing about creativity is there's often really uncomfortable moments with it. And it's that, and I'll call it a push-through moment. I'll give an example. So, you know, one thing the band and I are doing right now is, we, you know, we're starting to think we need to write our next set of songs because we've kind of got the 10 songs on our album that we've got right now. And while we're trying to get the product ready for the market and all the rest of it, we've got to go, okay, well, we want to kind of start to get ready to do the next sort of songs because, A, our, our live performance isn't really that long enough yet. We're only about 50 minutes long. We want to get up to like an hour and 20 or maybe a little bit longer. Um, and, B, you know, if, if we can make this first album where we build a fan base that likes our music – then we want to be able to start providing the next product to them kind of within, you know, a six-month period afterwards. So, you know, so right now we're starting to create some songs. And, and Dave Dave and I, we tend to write the music. And then um, Dave tends to write more words than I do. I've written a couple of words, but he tends to write the words. But um, you sit down and I, I have to write a song. Dave will maybe give me a framework. I might create a framework for Dave. And it's really uncomfortable. Because there's a moment where I don't know what I'm trying to create, you know, and and the uncomfortable moment can even just be starting, you know, you you know you want to jump on the piano, but you're not sure where to start, and so what we're trying to think about here is one thing we want to learn in all areas of life is that learning the uncomfortable moment and learning how to push through the uncomfortable moment. So it might be that I'm trying to find a new riff for a song and I'm just lost, But I, so I just want to grab my phone and be distracted. I might just want to leave the room, but actually go, no, this is the moment I need to persevere with. It might be that she's planned to do something creative today, but you're not sure what you need to do. So the thing you're trying to solve is, well, where do I start? But, you know, again, the phone or something else, or, you know, you procrastinate because you're not really good at pushing through the uncomfortable moment. And to me, that's the hardest thing about creativity. Like, it's really funny. I've written, I've just written, finished writing my second book. And it's amazing how much respect you get from people when you tell them you've written a book. And I think the thing is, is because I think most of us think we have a book in us. It might be our own story. It might be um, something in the area that you are an expert in. It might be a creative outlet. It might be that you want to, um, you know, something in, in kind of like a, a non-fiction type of book. You know, but I think deep down, a lot of people would love to write a book, but they never do anything about it. And when we think about being a creative person, one of those push-through moments is learning how to start. And that learning how to start is, A, planning it in so you're going to do the work, and then when you actually sit down and do the work, is actually creating the framework so you can actually do the work. And I think the respect you get from a lot of people when you write a book is, is hopefully like your work, like, you know, this book I'm going to be bringing out really soon, I really hope that it can have a big impact and people love it. But what people respect is that you actually were able to be creative enough and disciplined enough to actually do the work. And when it comes to creativity, 
that's the thing that you always need to remember is that it's almost like you need to look at it as being a professional person about being creative. Like I was, I was almost thinking today, as a part of this podcast, because my interview fell over, I was, on, my, on my Legends of Triathlon, I do a podcast with Triathlon, it's called Legends of Triathlon, and we interview um, the greatest triathletes of all times, and all the greatest people involved in the sport, so like media, organisers, um, and athletes. And we interviewed a guy called Greg Bennett a while ago, and I was actually thinking oh, today, because my interview fell over, I might just chuck up this interview, and I didn't, because I thought I'd do this. But Greg Bennett was a very, 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 very successful triathlete. And when you listen to the interview with him, you just understood how professional he was. Absolute professional. Like, his job was to be the best athlete he could. And he did everything. Like, he treated it like a business. You know what I mean? Like, he treated it everything. Every, every stone was unturned. He planned everything. He had the greatest team around him. He, early on in his career, he was a good athlete. He wasn't quite sure if he'd break through. And he said to his wife, I need to invest in these things. It was like getting a chiropractor, getting a, a physio, getting a great coach. And at this stage, he didn't know if he was going to be making money. But it's was like, you know what? I'm going to back myself so I can do this. And it was just like, he treated it like a professional. He treated it like a business. And, and often people think, yeah, but creativity is not like that. But it is, because there's another podcast I listen to, which is called um, oh, Q&A, which is a, it's an interview, they interview screenwriters. And so these are people who write the movies that we love. And it's interesting, he always talks about what's your process. The guy who interviews always asks, what's your process? And all the screenwriters, they treat it like a job. They treat their creative time like a job. They, they have certain times of day they write, they have those processes around it, they have things that help them set up. And so when we think about bringing creativity into your life, especially if you aren't creative and you don't have a routine around it, you need to be a professional. Like if you want to be, like this whole band thing I'm doing right now, and, and what things, the thing I'm saying to people is, music is a total pipe dream. You know, the idea of, of, of being a musician, where you, you know, the dream, you know, where people pay you to come and watch you play, is a total pipe dream. You know, like, I totally get that us putting this album out in a year from now could have been just one of those things in life that was a cool thing I did that never went anywhere. I totally get it. But I am saying to my the people in my world, we're going to give it a shot. We're going to give it a shot. Because somebody gets to sell out Wembley. Somebody gets to sell out Wembley. Now, will I get to be the person to sell out Wembley? If we look at the odds, probably highly unlikely. But I'm going to put my hand up. I'm going to give it a shot. And, 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 and I want to be the person in life who gives it a shot. And with creativity, you need to put the processes in place to allow yourself to be the person who gets a shot. You know, and that's what, again, today's random. I don't even know where I'm going with this, but that's what you need to start to think about. And why is this important? Because if we go back to those things around myself, when I'm in a place, the things that the world can't take away from me, Self-expression and creativity is something that I will be able to have to the end of my life. Actually, interesting, I was listening to an interview of Michael Caine today. There's a podcast called Kermode, Mark Kermode and some Mayo movie reviews. And they interviewed Michael Caine, and he, you know, he's 88 now, and he's an actor, he's an icon. He said, I'm not really going to act anymore, uh, just because I think he, can't, he can hardly walk now. He's an old man. And he said, but I'm writing uh, you know, I don't even miss acting because I've started writing. And he said, I love writing because I can do it anywhere I want. And I write for hours a day. And he's he's keeping self-expression in his life. Now, he's a, he's a, he's got a big you know, big name. He's, so he can, he can put a book out and it's going to do really well. But if we go back to self-expression, and, and, and even I think probably the most important thing to say is 
as, as much as I want to be the guy who sells at Wembley, um, and much as I understand it's probably a pipe dream, and that I'm going to put my hand up, the real purpose is I just want to feel self-expression today. Like this afternoon, I'm going to play piano, and I've got a song we're working on. I'm going to try and nut out a bit of that song. On Friday night when we played live, I, I try. You, do you know what's really funny? I've had my first um, musician injury. So on Friday night, I was playing so dramatically because I'm trying to be. I want to be a stage presence where people go, "Whoa, what's this guy on?" You know, because that's who I am. And um, I've pulled my neck. <laughs> I pulled a muscle on my neck because I was kind of banging my head around so much on the, when I was playing on the keyboards. But what was I doing? I was self-expressing, and that was me being creative. I want to think about what's my stage presence, what's my creativity, and that's a really healthy thing to have in my day. So in a roundabout way, that's what I'm talking about today, is that how are you self-expressing yourself in your life in healthy ways that are good for you and your world? And good for you and your world means, A, that it brings a positive effect upon yourself. Because let's be honest, there's a lot of effects you get that seem like a, a kind of like a, a hit, a dopamine hit, but actually a negative. You know, it is that kind of fighting on the internet thing that a lot of people get caught up in right now. Um... So that's the first thing. Then secondly, how do I make sure I prioritise my self-expression? And today I've talked a lot about creativity. I think creativity is a really great way to self-express. So uh, what is the way you're going to express? What's that kind of, that scale that you want of consumption versus expression or creativity? Then what's your outlet? And then how do you make sure you treat it like a profession? How do you actually make sure you plan it? How do you make sure you put the time aside? How do you make sure you know what you're trying to achieve with your objectives? All of those types of things. Because if you can do that really well, then you will be creating work. You will be self-expressing. And then ultimately, you can actually create work that can impact your world. And, um, you know, I, I look forward to the moment when we've got, you know, one thing, I haven't told any of my friends to come and watch us play live yet. And all my friends are saying, Bev, just let us come watch because... You know, we, we, we want to support you. And I totally get that. My mates, my mates, well, they'll come because they're your mates. So, you know, we, you support your friends. Um, but I want them to know our music because I want them to come along and go, oh, my God, I love this song. And then with our performance on stage and with the music that we've created, they can have a moment where they get to express themselves through the thing that we created. And to me, I think that's one of the most powerful things about this all is that through my own ability to self-express, if I can do it in a way that's important to me and my world, I actually get to create a greater connection with my world. I remember years ago I watched a TED Talk with a guy who was an arts director and he was talking about there's, he was talking about how in New York they have this kind of philosophy now which is they, they promote, which is if you see something, say something. And the problem with see something, say something is that we're all based on stereotypes. And it was, you know, obviously New York had 9-11. And he was talking about how, and, you know, like, if you, you know, if, if you see something, say something, but you think all, all, all Arabs are terrorists, well, you're going to say something, aren't you? Because you're threatened by a stereotype, which is, is totally unreal. You know, a, a small percent of Arabs, which is a very small percent of, uh, are terrorists. Now, I guarantee most of them are actually pretty nice people. And what he was talking about was that when we create a world where we, we look at stereotypes and we judge and we are fearful of stereotypes, we have a problem. And one of the greatest things about the arts, are the arts give us an, give us an opportunity to actually understand we're all pretty similar. 
And when we can self-express in a way that's positive for us in our world, and I'm not just saying in the arts, because it can be through things like cooking, it can be through things like movement, it can be through all these other areas. But when you create amazing self-expression and creativity, and you do it in a way that's just important for you, but then you, your world gets to see it, then it can be even more powerful because it can have an ability to help your world feel a deeper connection to you and other people within it. And how important is that, God, in the times we live in right now? So my challenge to you, and again, I said today I was going to be random, but my challenge I said is for you is to develop your ability to have self-expression in your life. And again, with that kind of context around positive self-expression, which is good for you and your world in your life. I kind of said today I was going to be random, and and it kind of was. But I hope you got something from it, and I hope you do put that time for self-expression, because I know my life is better, and my connection is better with others when I can self-express. So, as I always finish up this bit, hopefully you can do this, and you can be a higher version of yourself. Right, our team, that's this week's show done and dusted. Uh, maybe you can show me your creative projects. So you can email me a creative project. I'm more than happy to listen or, or see or taste or your creative projects. So get, in, get amongst it. Anyway, that's this show pretty much done and dusted. I want to say a big thank you to all the patrons of the show. If you are a patron, first of all, thank you for your support. It really means a lot. And if you want to become a patron, just go to bevanjamesisles.com, go to podcasts, click on support me, and go through the process. I'll be back in a couple of weeks. Hopefully I'll get this interview sorted out for the couple weeks from now but i'm gonna get done and dusted because actually i've got to go do some gardening <laughs> so I'll, I'll be creative in my garden you anyway, know see you guys and as i always say keep being you